Hurts lost it for Smith. It's a touchdown. Devontae Smith. Welcome into the Saturday Air Raid, part of the NFL Lab Network. I'm your host, John Robertson. With me, as always, my two good friends, both of them, it's Brad Bolton and Stan the Beard. How are we, gentlemen, tonight? Legends, going good, buddy. How are you? Doing well. By the time you're hearing this, football will have been back. But for us, football is back tomorrow, and I could not be happier because this is it. This is our life for the next five, six months. And it's the it's the time that we love. It's the battle of the third and fourth stringers. Who's going to make the <laughs> roster? It's preseason. It's what we're all about here. Preseason, yeah. Brad, you don't have to be here if you don't want to, buddy. No, no, no. Trust me, I'm <laughs> I'm all about this. This is the thing. I'm all about this. That's what I mean. Like, like yeah. I've most people sit there and go, "Oh, preseason's boring," and I'm sitting there going, "No, will the will this guy who's probably a fifth stringer will he be able to crack the the practice squad once the cut down day happens?" Or well, now it gets to the point of, okay, which one of these guys is going to the XFL or the USFL? Oh, 100. Like these guys that I've been watching in college, where I'm like, "Oh my god, please be a thing." Uh, they probably won't be, but we will see them in preseason. So at least it won't have all been for nothing. This is the uh, Saturday Air Raid Take Purge preseason edition. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about players that we want to will into existence. So by that, I mean players that we don't think might ever be anything, as we were just talking about. But we believe that they might be something one day. I was thinking about it today when I was scrolling through Twitter and seeing, was it Miles Jack who was sort of like, oh, you know what? I might go do my plumbing apprenticeship now since nothing else is happening. And then the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles called him up and was like, hey, can you play linebacker for us? And he's like, yeah. sure. <laughs> so this is where we're at today. How does that sound? Love it. Yeah, not a bad spot to land for him, is it? Yeah, not bad at all. Just on the casually on the Eagles, like, hey, what yeah. do you want to do? Um, yeah. Can't say I've got too many Eagles takes on my end tonight, but I think also we might have a few Homer picks. I'm excited to do some Homer picks as well. Yeah, I'm just ready for this to, to get in and start cracking on with some of these guys and get some of these takes out there. Let's do it. So let's, I'm going to kick off myself as host of the show. I'm going to talk about this is, and this is, I promise you, the last time that I will talk about him, unless he is a Super Bowl champion, it's Clayton Tune for the Arizona Cardinals. I oh, sadly so badly want him to win out over Colt McCoy and take that starting job as the Arizona Cardinals' number one quarterback going into week one. I think he could have a stellar preseason. And given what we've been talking about, you know, like I like I've mentioned in our previous episodes, our very first episode, if you listened, I had talked about Clayton Tune all the way back in June. He had the same PFF grade as Bryce Young. This is a guy who had thrown for something like, what was it, 4,000-odd yards, around the 40-touchdown mark and and about eight to 10 interceptions. He was electric. And I honestly believe this is back at Houston with Tank Dell. I have in my mind, I've made up that either Clayton Tune is a great prospect, Tank Dell is a great prospect, or they're both great prospects. I don't believe that there's a world that exists where they're both bad because they were both amazing. And I think we're going to be able to see it. Thoughts, gentlemen, on Clayton Tune? Do you want to go, Brad? Because we know where I stand on him. <laughs> oh, I was, as soon as you started talking Clayton Tune, I was looking for the exit button so I could eject <laughs> myself from the podcast. Come on. Have we not spent these last couple of weeks talking no. about his greatness and convinced you? You have been. Like we said, you guys have now, as, as I said to you guys off air, this I don't know if this is a bit or this is how you feel, but it's gone so far one way that I can't actually tell now if you guys are serious or not. Yeah, but, I don't know either. Yeah, but as you said, if you guys are so hard on that, I'm going the opposite. I, like I said, I, no, I've, yes. you haven't con- you've you haven't convinced me yet, and a couple training camp throws but this is mind you this is the whole training camp thing if you've got a a thought about a player if he does something well in training camp you sit there and you go exactly what i thought but if he does something that you're not expecting then you go oh well no it's it's just it's just training camp it's nothing (laughs) which is me with clayton tune he has a good throw that highlights on twitter and i go it's training camp if they suddenly come out and they go 
in the next training camp session, he went 11, uh, zero of 11 with 11 interceptions. I'll be like, see, told you, terrible players. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty much where I've got to with Clayton Tune at the moment. So when in the lead up to the draft, I was looking at, I knew the Packers were pretty much 99% chance of drafting a quarterback later in the rounds because they would have needed a backup for Jordan Love. And I pinpointed Clayton Tune as the guy that I wanted them to pick because I just saw something in him that he's not going to be that high-level starter at the NFL, but I think he can have a really long career as a really good backup that can come in and spot start and just give a team... like If he comes in for a team, he's not going to tank their season or tank their games. I just think he's got that control that he'll be able to develop as he goes on as well. And like you said, he had Tank Dell there. They clicked together. They were really good yep. together. Yep. And I don't think that's just Tank Dell making Clayton Tune look good in college. I think that was a lot to do with Clayton Tune as well. So I think he landed in probably the ideal spot. Yep. Especially with the injury to Kyler Murray. Yeah. And if all he's got to do is beat out Colt McCoy in the preseason, if Kyler Murray isn't playing week one, which I can't see him doing, I don't know when Kyler Murray's going to actually play during the season, if at all, who knows? If at all, yeah. But we've seen Colt McCoy. He's, what, 35 years old now? He's old, yep. I don't see any point in the Cardinals going into the season with him as their starting quarterback. They've got nothing to achieve going with Colt McCoy as a starting quarterback. So why not give Clayton Tune that time and see what you've got in him? Mm. And at the end of the day, he's not going to be someone that they look for as their long-term starter, but he can be that long-term backup for them where if an injury happens to Kyler Murray or if they move on from Kyler Murray and bring in, say, Caleb Williams, they've got that backup quarterback there that they can trust and rely on if they need to. So I think that's where I stand on him. I love Clayton Tune, so I'll forever beat the drum on him and annoy Brad to no end. But The Arizona Cardinals do have something to aim for by starting Colt McCoy, and it's called the number one overall pick in the draft is what they're aiming for. <laughs> Yeah, but if you're saying Clayton Tunes is bad as he is, then he's they're a lock for number one, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. But so I mean, that's start Clayton Tunes and see what you've got in him. <laughs> this is a guy who last his last year at Houston threw for nearly 500 attempts, and I was right off the top of my head. It was 4,074 passing yards, 40 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So you're probably wondering, like, so why did he drop to the fifth round? And look, maybe it's because he run he. He, did, he runs like Josh McCowan, let's be honest. And I don't mean like Josh McCowan in his prime. I mean like his last couple of seasons on the Jets or wherever he was filling in for. He's like semi-athletic, but not the most athletic guy, but he's the perfect build. He's like 6'3", 215. He's got the right like smarts about him. And uh, Dan, what, with what you were saying, that actually ties in nicely to another point that I was going to make a bit later on, which we'll get to. But this Cardinals uh, quarterback, room so it's kyla who's injured but it's also colt mccoy clayton tune jeff driscoll and david blau so look will he make the roster will he even make the <laughs> roster that is that's a fair question that's a fair question but also if he was starting week one i'm willing that into existence stamp it it's on yeah well, one thing i was just thinking is you can tell that it's football season because when john started saying now this is a guy i just heard the chris collinsworth's voice now here's a guy <laughs> here's a guy you need to work on your little slide in when you're just saying that yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, uh well, brad let's go your first take please take it away your take purge my you... first take on this is jacorian bennett will be this year's Tariq woolen and could win defensive rookie of the year oh i love that let's go just uh, the way that i look at it is so he ran a so i'm, I'm a sucker for cornerbacks who run really fast that's why i love Tariq woolen last year okay yeah. So I never expected Tariq Woolen to be as good as what he is. I really liked him at the combine, just looking at his movement and stuff like that. And to see him play as well as he did, he's instantly become one of my favorite sort of guys in in the league at the moment. But Jacorian Bennett has elite speed. He ran a fourth four three forty. So just yeah. Top tier speed. He's 5'11, 188 pounds. He was a fourth round pick, 104 overall to the Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I think helps a guy win defensive rookie of the year is when your team isn't necessarily very good. Yeah. And you're out on the field a lot to try and make plays. And I feel like that with the Raiders this year, if if they aren't as good as what everyone as you know, what everyone's expecting, a lot of people are expecting them to maybe finish 
in the top half of the the draft and maybe be in that running for a Drake May or a Caleb Williams, someone like that. Yeah. But Jacorian Bennett to me is a guy who just with his elite speed and the lack of talent in that cornerback room. So they didn't draft, well, they didn't really, they didn't really address that too much besides Bennett. And yeah. um, I just feel like he's having a pretty decent camp from the reports that I'm seeing he could be out there. So to me, yeah, Jacory and Bennett, one of my favorite players coming into this draft. He was a guy who, in a way, with um, my team, the Panthers, were looking at maybe cornerback or, uh, you know, that sort of secondary help. I was sort of hoping he might have fallen to the Panthers. But, yeah, Jacory and Bennett, this year's Tariq Woolen will bowl out and potentially win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Thoughts? The coverage on Twitter is strong, uh, for sure. There's a lot of uh, whisperings about him. Can I ask you, like, because he went to Maryland, so a bit of a, uh, a slightly, slightly smaller school. Like, where did you first notice him, and what was it about him? Was it was it the combine where you were just like, well, it was, it was. It was about this guy. So yeah, so the combine was where I noticed him. I saw him run the forty, and I was like, oh, hang on, that that intrigued me. And then I just sort of put that in the back of the, my, my mind. Watched the rest of the corners run through. And then afterwards I sat there and I went, well, you know, what, what was he sort of like? So I went back and watched a lot of, maybe not necessarily a lot, but I watched some of his films, some of his games from what I could find. And there were yeah. just things about the way he played that I really like. And, you know, there's, I mean, he went in the fourth round. So it's one of those things yeah. where, you know, you don't, well, I can't say you don't, you very rarely, but, you know, you get these guys who fall later in the draft at corner who are just great athletes who can make up for some of their deficiencies that they have. But there's certain, th- like just watching his speed, like I said, I'm a sucker for guys who run that fast at corner because you can, you're always in a play, it feels like. That's why I like Tariq Woolen so much. Like he's very rarely, if ever, going to be beaten deep. And even if he does happen to slip, he's got so much speed to get back into the play and cause havoc. And that's what I like about to Corey and Bennett. He's just never out of the play. That's uh, you said about the Raiders depth chart there at cornerback. They're not D and their starting cornerbacks at the moment are Nate Hobbs and Marcus Peters. So And Nate um, Hobbs is playing playing in the slot. I think the other cornerback on starting on the outside at the moment, I think was uh Duke Shelley, I think was the at the moment from their first yeah, okay, unofficial so, depth chart. So there's definitely an opportunity there for him to leapfrog one or two of those guys and really come out and make a name for himself in the preseason. So very interesting take the Dewey, your pick for defensive rookie of the year as an outsider, but there's definitely the opportunity there with the lack of talent at the cornerback position for them. So, And like you said, a lot depends with the Raiders on how Jimmy Garoppolo goes. So the defense could be spending a lot of time on the field as well. So he's going to have a lot of chance to make plays as well. So very interesting to watch him, how he goes, especially in the preseason and see how he goes come week one. I'm looking at his stats and I haven't fact-checked this, but it looks pretty good that during the senior bowl, Jacorian Bennett had an interception. He allowed a 51.5 passer rating, he had four tackles and he had a sack within the first 57 snaps. Pretty, pretty good. I was also worried that it might have been Clayton Tune that that was against. It wasn't. It was Aiden O'Connell, so we're good. <laughs> if it was, right. we just scrub this part. Yeah, I would, I would have just been like, ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Dan, your first, please. All right. So I latched onto this wide receiver as well in the draft build-up, and it's Puka Nakua from the Rams. Yes. I He has the size... To be a weapon on the outside for the Rams. He's six foot two, 205 pounds. He has amazing hands. His ability to go up and get it and high point the ball and hold onto it, even in traffic, mm. is really good. And the fact that he fell to the fifth round, I think it was a weird year for wide receivers in the draft this year. Yeah. There was a lot, we've spoken about it as well. There wasn't a lot of that top end sort of guys where you just expected them to go high in round one and then a lot of people going round two and that. But there was a lot of players that dropped in the draft who were really quality players. Yeah. And it was surprising to see him go in the fifth round. There's a few others as well that went fifth round, sixth round even. And I just think he's landed as well. Another perfect landing spot for him. He's got obviously Cooper Cup there, who we all know dominates the targets. But outside of Cooper Cup, you've got Van Jefferson, which... He hasn't really hit any great heights yet in his career. And then you've got Tutu Atwell, who's fighting him for the 
third wide receiver there. Yeah. Which, let's be honest, you're not going to use Tutu Atwell as your third wide receiver a lot of the time. You're going to use him more as a gadget sort of player. So Puka Nakua can just simply slot into third wide receiver. He can do a lot of the things that Tutu Atwell can do as well on those end rounds. He just doesn't have the blinding speed that Atwell has. But he can go on the end rounds. He can be used in that sort of way. I read a thing today that they're actually looking at using him now as their punt returner, which yeah, I'll surprise exactly. you because he didn't do that in college. So he's not done it before. But the fact that they've seen him and are going to test him out in that situation shows that they like him and yeah. they want to get the ball in his hands. So I think he can surprise a lot of people and have a really big rookie season. The downside is Sean McVay doesn't like using his rookie wide receivers very often, but yeah, I think that's a talent sort of thing and whether Puka's got the talent to be able to say, okay, this is our guy as well. I can see him leapfrogging Van Jefferson as well and being that number two guy because he wins on the outside. He can play in the slot. I really like him and yeah, I'm keen to see what he does in the preseason because I think he can come there and fight Van Jefferson for the second wide receiver position behind Cooper Cup and we know Cooper Cup's dealing with an injury at the moment so that just opens it up even more for Puka now as well and that's what this show is all about is willing it into existence uh Brad please your thoughts if you have any on Puka Nakua would be great right now yeah I'm I'm a big I'm a big um Puka Nakua fan he's having a great camp as well so I wouldn't be surprised if he does actually leapfrog Van Jefferson and and he ends up becoming you could actually see more than likely that Van and Puka Nakua become the two outside receivers and Cooper Cup remains in his role, which makes him so successful as being the move guy who goes around with just being those guys as interchangeable for certain snaps and things like that. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of Puka. I had him on my list as guys as well. But the good thing about some of this take per this take per sort of thing is if none of this comes into fruition, then we can't be held <laughs> accountable. It doesn't count. This is just, but then if it does, if it does come into fruition, we can look like geniuses, by the way. Yeah, exactly. That's so, the whole point of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. See, now you, now you're getting the hang of it. Um, and look, the thing about Puka Nakura is, so he, he played his first couple of years of Washington and he didn't really do anything at all. And then he was at BYU and it was sort of um, a bit later on. So like, I'm trying to think, did, wait, was Zach Wilson BYU? Yes. Uh, he was, yeah, but yeah. It was with Jaron Hall. Yeah, so they just missed that part of it. So, you know what was interesting about um, Nakua's last year at BYU? So, 625 receiving yards, five touchdowns. Like, that's absolutely fine. But also, 209 rushing yards and five touchdowns as well. So, they did play him uh, in the run game a little bit as well, maybe on some more sort of like trick plays or um, back shoulder throws. But like you were saying, so this was one of my takes as well was... Puka Nakua to be what Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson were drafted to be, but have not been. That would be very nice as well. That's well you a- remember how they used Robert Woods when he was there as well? Yeah. Like they used him a lot on the end arounds and that sort of thing. So I think that's the role that they'll look at him for in this yep. offense. No, I couldn't agree more with that. All right. I want to move on to my next one because that was one of mine as well. But you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna skip a couple. We'll come back to it. But I also had this idea that... Uh, so, okay, Clayton Tune, Sean Clifford, Aiden O'Connell, Jake Hayner, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I want these guys to be the next generation of backup quarterback. And what I mean by that is, like, let's get rid of, like, this Chad Henney. I know he is finally now retired. Blaine Gabbert. Ben DiNucci coming out of the XFL to play. Like, I think the quality of quarterback that we've got coming out of college these days is starting to sort of reach a new sort of level where... We don't need to, like, I'm not saying that the, all these guys are starters, but I think that they can start to become serviceable backups. So we've got Sean Clifford, who's playing on the Packers. I know you, you were just saying, Dan, that you would have liked Clayton Tune. I think Sean Clifford will be a serviceable backup as well, so it's not too bad. Aiden O'Connell going on to the, is it the Raiders, I'm pretty sure, so he'll be backing yeah. up Jimmy G. He has a, a path to starting. Jay Kano on the Saints. He has a path to starting, potentially, but that might be be only if Derek Carr gets injured. Dorian Thompson Robinson, he looks good. We didn't we haven't even I, yeah. we didn't even talk about the Hall of Fame game. I know, I like him a lot. Just I like the, him a lot. I wish yeah. the landing spot was brutal because we know yeah. that um Sean Watson is getting paid to play. But if an injury occurs, I don't mind that as well. And I'm I'm excited about all these guys. And I mean, you, you skipped over the fact that Sean Clifford has a path to starting as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, you're starting to test me, Brad. You just <laughs> you missed last night. Needling me, needling me, just waiting for it, aren't you? Uh, well, you're right though. Like you think of the <laughs> you think of the the backup quarterbacks who've been passed around at the moment, like Nick Mullins. We're seeing around yeah. Chase Daniel, yeah, uh, Case Keenum. Like you're going to see these guys start to drop out soon. So I think, like you said, I reckon the the problem is I actually think. Um, Dorian Thompson Robertson, just I know, like we said, this preseason sort of thing, but he actually looked better than a backup. Yeah. To me, his I, I would have loved to have seen him on Washington. Yep. That would have been awesome. Him and him and Sam Howe fighting it out. That would to me would have been like I would have loved to have seen that. I reckon that's where he would have had his path to start as opposed to Cleveland. Whereas as does he said, become does he become kind of the Tyler Huntley now? Where if yeah. anything look if anything happened to Lamar, Tyler Huntley steps in and he's not at that level, but hey, he's a pro bowler. Games. Don't forget he's Tyler Huntley, pro bowler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think Darone Thompson Robinson can be that type of level sort of player. But yeah. if you need him to step in, you can do things with him that you can win games with. Obviously, Cleveland aren't sort of your Baltimore as much as that goes, but. The structure of Baltimore is completely different. So when Tyler Huntley can step in there, he can win games. But I don't know. There was just a lot to like about Thompson Robinson there as well. And some of these guys, as we said, we haven't seen them play in the NFL yet. But some of them appear, especially DTR, like guys who are probably too good to be backups, but maybe not of the level of an every week starter. But they're just right in that thing. Like to me, that sort of reminds me of like Case Keenum in his like his Minnesota days and beforehand yep. at LA. That's Nick Foles, great Fo- example. Nick yep. Foles as well. Like guys who didn't really seem to hit very well being a starter, but they're able to jump in and play really well in certain situations. So. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think there are some guys here who could actually be, as you said, the next crop of the uh, backup quarterbacks who are somehow in fifteen years' time will be sitting around going, Dorian Thompson Robertson's he's he's on what team now? Like he's still yeah. around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we didn't even talk about one of the rookie quarterbacks that are the same age as Case Keenum and that sort of thing, and Stetson Bennett. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have Stetson Bennett or Max Duggan in this uh, group, but yeah, maybe maybe I should have. Maybe I should have. And Tanner McKee as well, completely forgot about. But no, I think like, and this is why I'm excited for this preseason is, you know, like we'll see Aiden O'Connell against the 49ers and, you know, they're trotting out all their starters, I'm pretty sure. Um, we'll see Jay Kaner play against the Chiefs. Just talked about Tanner McKee. Um, there's an even like even even Will Levis. Like I'm I'm excited to watch Will Levis and see what he can do. Like there's just so many of these guys. And um, you think about like Frank Reich on the Panthers now and why they brought in Andy Dalton as an example for Bryce Young. It's it's like they adopt this idea that there's no sort of backup quarterback anymore. It's like your QB2. You've got your QB1, you've got QB2 that they adopted with Nick Foles, we were talking about in Philly. And I think a lot of the teams, like you were saying with Tyler Huntley and Lamar Jackson with Dorian Thompson Robinson and Deshaun Watson, like these guys, they, they have plug and play like our backup one, our, our, our quarterback too. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited. I think the future is bright for quarterback, even though it often feels like a lot of teams are struggling to find a quarterback. Sometimes that's almost by design. So with that said, let's uh, jump in. Brad, if you've got another pipe and hot preseason take for me, please. I do. I'm going to go a Homer pick on this one. Yes. Love them. Jonathan in, in, 10 years time, we'll look back on this draft and think Jonathan Mingo was the best wide receiver to come out of this class. Okay, that's that's spicy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, like I'm, a, I'm here for it. Let's go. I just think he's... Because the, the reason why I think that too is you look at... To me, you look at the guys in the last couple of years who've really excelled and have, have popped from their class. Justin Jefferson... He rocked up into Minnesota and we had an older Adam Thielen and he's yeah. gone nuts. Uh, Garrett Wilson goes to New York. There's no one there. Like the you, the consistent theme with some of these guys is they've mm. rocked up and there's not a massive superstar there. Jamar Chase had T Higgins, but T Higgins hadn't really broken out and become T Higgins that he is now. So T Higgins, mind you, is actually probably a, over half the teams in the NFL would actually be their wide receiver one. But I like Mingo, he's the Panthers have some good receivers in Adam Thielen, 
But as we said, he's fallen off a little bit from what he was in prime Thielen days. Mm. DJ Chart, I really like as a player, but he's quite often injured a lot. And yeah. I think that shows in the fact that Carolina only signed into a one-year deal. It's a, it's. I guess it's like a pay for see how you pay to see if we uh, see how you play to see if we pay. So, Brad, let me ask you: Are you saying that you're quite comfortable with Jonathan Mingo being the Carolina Panthers' number one receiver? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm completely for that take. The only thing I don't like about this take is it suggests that Jackson Smith and Jigba won't be. So that's the only thing so I back on. The, 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 the only reason, the only reason I, I. Like I said, because you look at the other guys and Zay Flowers is in Baltimore. I mean, they've signed Odell. They've got Rashad Bateman there. It depends on how you feel about those sorts of sorts of guys. And we haven't seen Lamar in this offense yet, so we don't know how it's going to play out. Jordan Addison is behind Justin Jefferson. Quinton Johnson is behind Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Like you know, So the, the guys who were drafted in front of him have all have guys that are in their way. Even Jackson Smith and Jigba has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there. So to me, Jonathan Mingo has the best chance at the moment because, like I said, it's DJ Chark, it's Adam Thielen, it's Terrace Marshall Jr., who I also think, like, you know, I think they could actually be a really good pair of wide receivers. But like I said, this could actually be my bias coming through. But I think that he has all the ability and all the things that you want to see in a number one receiver. Were you talking about he could have the best season or the best career? I think he will end up, I think he will end up with the best career. Okay. That's what I thought. But I was like, check the tape. I'm sure that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah that's yes. what I thought. I'm just trying to double check because it sounded like you changed then it was going to be best season and I could actually get on board with that. Well, I think, I mean, I can see a world where it can, it can happen both ways, but I do think it's one of those things that as you, as you look back on it in 10 years time, that Jonathan Mingo could have been that one where everyone sits back. Cause I mean, you think of it now, even a few years, you look back in that second round of the draft a couple of years ago and you go, how did AJ Brown yes. and DK Metcalf fall to the back end of the second round? That just doesn't yeah. make any sense. And I think you might see that with, with Mingo, like he went pick 39. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, yeah, in 10 years time, like I said, people look back and go, damn, why didn't we take him? My yeah, only, I, can, um, I don't think he'll have the best career out of the wide receivers from this year, but I like it. We're willing it into existence. That's the thing. Yeah. And see, <laughs> and that's where this works because if he doesn't end up having it, we can say, hey, this was just our takes we wanted to get just out. wanted there. it to be. Yeah. Thanks. I think there's a better yeah. wide receiver that was taken in the second round. And this is my homerism coming out. <laughs> Luke Musgrave? Okay, well, well, we can get to that. But Technically, he's not through, a wide receiver, to... but he's as quick as one. I just want to mention uh, with Jonathan Mingo, my, my only thing with Jonathan Mingo is like his tape at Old Miss, it didn't really impress me that much. And maybe this is because like I've got a bit of like a Hakeem Butler, Nikhil Harry kind of like, uh, like they've kind of like, uh, what am I trying to say? They've, They've clouded your judgment. There's a history there of. I'm just going to say, curse me. They haven't cursed me though. They've just kind of like. They've blinded you. Yeah, it's what scared me off Drake London. I was like, oh, but it, no, he's a big body contested catch guy. I don't want any of that. But Drake London's obviously a lot better. So maybe, maybe you will side with that. Um, that's my only thing. But you can definitely see that the path is there. And hey, they've got a great quarterback as well. I just think, too, if you think of the guys that have come out of Ole Miss as of late, it was Elijah Moore, it was DK, it was AJ yeah. Brown. So, to me, he's the next in line who's who's going to take that leap. Because Ole Miss just lately just seemed to produce good receivers. Yeah. I mean, DK and AJ will do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, would you like to continue? All right. Oh, as much as I like Jaden Reed, that's not who I'm talking about next, but we talk about perfect landing spots and the perfect player to end up in that landing spot. And I think Devin A. Shane mm. is about to set the NFL on fire. Yeah. That offense is going to be so explosive and he's the perfect running back for that type of offense. Yeah. And I don't know how anyone stops Miami this year at that level because you've got Tyreek Hill. He's talking up he's going to go 2,000 yards this year and Honestly, who's going to stop him? Yep. And then you've got Jalen Waddle as well. So you've got two elite wide receivers there that your defensive backs and safeties have to focus on completely. Devin Shane is going to have way too much speed for linebackers and defensive ends. He's going to have so much space 
to use that speed as well. I just cannot wait to see him get to actual gameplay and see how he fits in that offense because they've got Raheem Mostert there. Can't even think who else they've got at the moment. My boy, Jeff Wilson, who's uh, been doing well on my dynasty roster for many, many I think Devin A. Shane will become that guy that they lean on. And he's not going to be a high volume guy. Yeah. But he's going to be that guy they lean on to use in a lot of different ways. And yeah, it's just going to be explosive to watch. They also have uh, Savon Ahmed, who I also really liked for a time there. But I know what you mean. It's like, man, these Dolphins, they're going to be flying around all over the field. And it's like, who, what, which defense is going to be able to keep up with them? Yeah. I, they're just in such a prime position. And uh, if you had had a listen to uh, one of my new shows that it's out as well with our prop bets, uh, he is on my card this weekend as well. I think he got over, Devon Chen got over his injury that he had sustained in camp. I'm suspecting that we might see him this weekend uh, when the Falcons go to Hard Rock Stadium to play them. And based on what we saw last season with Mike McDaniel, he does like to start his starters. So we won't know if he's like RB1 or RB2 on that team, but I think there's a good chance if he's healthy, we will see him. Yeah, definitely. I've got nothing else to add to that, John. <laughs> Fair enough. Can't argue with that. Um, I want to move now to my next one that I'm going to will into existence. And this might be my biggest one. CJ Stroud uh, to Tank Dell is going to be the next Matthew Stafford to Megatron. I had already spoken enough about Houston and Clayton Tune, what he had been doing with Tank Dell, who I just think is one of the most elite route runners that I've seen in a really, really long time. Uh, I still think Jerry Judy was an elite route runner when he was at Alabama. And I kind of have Tank Dell because he's always getting open. He's training with the right people. He was handpicked by CJ Stroud in the draft when the team had asked, hey, CJ, who, like, who do you want to come play with you? He said, Tank Dell. This guy is fantastic. Now, of course, I don't think they're ever going to be Stafford to Megatron, of course. Let's <laughs> get that out of the way. But I want to watch this preseason when they take on the Patriots, especially week one. We're going to see the starters, which is exciting. We're going to see what D'Amico Ryan has, Ryans has got um, in his sort of like mind that for what he wants to see. There's John Mechie there. There's Nico Collins there as well. I think everyone's going to get a decent amount of playing time. And I think that come tomorrow or by the time you're hearing this, this time yesterday, people are going to be saying, Tank Dell, holy shit. I think we, if you're going to, if, I think now we just, we, um, as a, as a NFL lab network, we call Tank Dell, we can call him Minitron from now on because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's too small to be Megatron, but I'm, I think, we, I, I think he's Minitron. That. That's, that's the new, um, look, and anyone who's um listening, watch this for, for this to be the breakout video that comes out is the Minitron Tank Dell Minitron, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I, I like this. I reckon, I, like you said, it's it's always so handy when you've got the incoming quarterback who's picked his guy, mm. and the fact that CJ's picked him to me is a guy that, yeah, I'm really, I really want to see how he goes. And especially too, since he's now become the official uh, mascot of the Saturday Air Raid Minitron. Oh yeah, we've got, to, we've got to have him. We've got to have him ball out for this year. And who's taking his job? Nico Collins is great. John Mechie, we haven't even seen yet. Well, oh, that's the thing. That wide receiver is room's wide open, and yeah. you talk about Nico Collins, but he hasn't taken that step yet. Yeah. So if you're competing against Nico Collins as the wide receiver one, it's wide open to take it. And Tank Dell, like you said, as a route runner, is elite and can get open in a flash. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a rookie wide uh, rookie quarterback's best friend. So he can easily lead this team in targets, lead it in receptions. And you've got John Mechie coming in. He's essentially a rookie as well. How does he bounce back from what he was dealing with last year? And yeah. how do they use him? Nico Collins needs to take a step. Can he do it? They've got Xavier Hutchison there as well, another rookie. Like, who's going to get the main targets there for that offense? I don't think it's going to be Dalton Schultz from tight end. I think it's going to be Tank Dell. So right. he could easily, easily clear 100 targets as a rookie. And I don't know how much of a high volume passing attack they'll be, but they could be behind a lot in a lot of games as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm with you on that, seeing the Stroud to... Just on them being behind a lot of games, though, our Lord and Saviour, Robert Mays, has the Houston defense as a top 10 defense. Like, there's a fair chance if CJ Stroud hits and and 
you know, Nathaniel Tank Minitron Dell, who had in his last year at Houston, nearly 1,400 receiving yards in 13 games, 109 catches, 17 touchdowns. Like he put up some insane numbers and it was against good schools as well. Like there's every bit, like, is there a chance that this actual Texans team could get off the ground from, you know, the get-go of 2023 or is it going to take till 2024? Probably maybe 2025, but we could see them in the playoffs soon, sooner, maybe sooner rather than later in that division. And looking at their looking at their depth chart at the moment, so their defense starts off, and there's some real quality NFL players here. So you've got Jonathan Greenard or Jerry Hughes at one defensive end, Sheldon Rankins, Malik Collins, Will Anderson Jr., yeah. Christian Harris, Denzel Perryman, Blake Cashman is is there, Stephen Nelson, Jimmy Ward, Jalen Petrie, Derek Stingley Jr., Desmond King. Like that's a really solid, and then even some yeah. of their backups are like. Shaq Griffin's there, Tavi- uh, Tavier Thomas is there, Christian Kirksey's there. Like you're looking at that squad, and they're they're actually they've got some guys there. Even like they've improved their offensive line with what they did this off season. I love the O line. I'm I'm sad that Titus Howard broke his hand, but yeah, they, like I I just I actually really quite like this team. I I'm not expecting them, as you said, to be pushing up for a playoff spot or a wild card spot now, but. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be the pushovers that they were of the last year or two. That some teams were, you know, you 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 wouldn't even have to, you wouldn't have even settled into your seat, and all of a sudden they seem like they were down by two touchdowns in the last couple of years. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see that with them, yeah. especially with Minitron out there dominating. D'Amico Ryan's even said, I was reading, might have been earlier today or yesterday, that that in training camp there was a defender pass breakup, and none of the defense got excited about him or got around his guy. And he said that that really bothered him, that that pissed him off enough that he was saying the energy is not there. We need to step up as a defense, as a team, and be there every play. Like, I love that. I love that. I'm really in on D'Amico Ryan's this year. Yeah, I love the fact that he's there as a head coach. He played there. He's gone there as a head coach. He's the sort of guy you want with a young team coming up just to set that mindset for them as well. So it'll be interesting. Little mini-tron, 5'8", 165 pounds. Let's go. I'm here for it. Nine inches shorter than Megatron and 70 pounds lighter. All right. Let's uh, let's hit some a couple more here that we've got. Brad, have you got any more for me there? I do. I am going to go with Adetomwa Adebuare. Tell me more. He is a defensive lineman who was picked in the fourth round, 110 overall by the Indianapolis Colts. This man is an absolute freak of nature. Six foot two. Six foot two, 282 pounds, and he ran a 4.49 40-yard dash. Jeez. <laughs> He's 65 uh, on uh, sports reference, but I, I think a lot has changed in the last year or two, obviously. Yeah, the, the 282 was actually his combine weight combine, when he yeah. measured in at the combine, so... Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who potentially could be pushed to defensive end or something. I just... I really... And willing into existence, him getting enough playing time and getting moved yeah. around that defense and actually just wreaking havoc. So just to put that in perspective, his 40-yard dash. Jonathan Mingo ran a 446 40-yard <laughs> dash. He's 6'2, 220. Another one of the guys that I had on my list who I really want to look forward to this year is Jamie Robinson of the Panthers as well. He's 5'11, 191 pounds. Jamie Robinson ran a 459 40-yard yeah. dash. There is no world in the same way that we saw Jordan Davis do this last at the previous combine. There is no world where a guy who's nearly 300 pounds should be running under a four, five, yeah, 40 yard dash. He is just a freak of nature. Granted, he's, he's got the, the measurables and all the explosiveness of probably a first round talent. But if anyone's listened, listened to at the time, the athletic football show, when they did their draft watch along, Dane Brugler was saying he thought that measurable-wise, um, Adeboare had first-round measurables, but probably third-round tape. So oh, yeah. he he fell to the fourth round. But, I mean, you look at the guys he's got there, just on that defense, he's behind Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner. Yeah, but I was going to say, like, that's a, that's a nice sort of veteran presence to be yeah. for him to be in, a nice learning environment. And, and that's what I'm sort of keen on. I want to see what tips and tricks he picks up from those two guys. And I just want to get it, get him out on the field and wreak havoc. Like the Indianapolis Colts now seem to me have turned into that team of just athletic freaks. Yeah. Anthony Richardson, at quarterback at a on defensive line. Like these guys, I just, yeah, just get him out there and let him cause mayhem. That's pretty you much all I was like When they were at their peak, 
when they had Peyton Manning there, they had Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis on that defense, and they were just athletic freaks. Bob Sanders coming down from safety, yeah. just being all over the field. That was just, like you said, yeah, full of athletic freaks everywhere. Yeah, like you said, it seems like they're going back to that a little bit. But look, he plays inside along the defensive line. They'll move him outside. I don't know when he was coming up in the draft process. I don't know if he had a set position sort of thing where he was going to play in the NFL. They had him. They had him defensive. Like, sorry, this is a guy who once again was another one of my favorites. So I studied a, a lot of people were saying yeah. he was absolutely going to be a DT, but they thought because of his yeah. explosiveness, he might be one of those guys who you could push out to the edge. And I'm not. I'm not comparing him to this player, but like. Aaron Donald, like where Aaron Donald's just this huge guy who could line up anywhere on that defensive line. You could see him at the edge. You could see him in the middle wreaking havoc. That that type of role is what a lot of people were saying with just his explosiveness and his size and his strength and mobility. He could actually be that type of guy who you could one snap he's playing over the left tackle, the next snap he's playing over the center and then the snap after he's playing on the yeah. in front of the right tackle. So yeah, he. I think he could be a guy who, especially maybe for like some of their um like their NASCAR packages where they're just trying to get all, as much speed out on the field to rush the passer as possible. I wouldn't be surprised to see him line up at um, defensive end opposite Quiddy Pay and just have these guys just go balls to the wall and try and get at the quarterback. Well, we've been talking during the week off air about Justin Houston and what he had last year. What do you have? Nine and a half sacks, but he had twenty one tackles or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that could be the sort of, not nine and a half sacks, but that could be where we see at a ball where I move up sort of thing. As he progresses, even during his rookie year, they could use him a lot more. And we could see him just have like minimal tackles, but most of them are just sacks. And he's that sort of guy they send out, just go after the passer. Just go yeah. after the passer. That's your job. That's your one job. Just go after them. I think that's what we'll see with him as the season goes along. All right, Dan, let's hit up uh, one of your... Have you got one more take for me in you? So I don't know if it's going to be... I don't know if he's going to amount to anything, but it's just going to be fun seeing him out on the field. And that's Juice Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> I just think... Awesome. Anytime he's going to be on the field, you're going to be so zoned in on watching him because you can't help it. Yeah. Namely because you're trying to find him on the field, but also because <laughs> he's just going to be really fun to watch. And we saw him at college and he was going against, like standing up against guys almost twice his size. And he's not easy to bring down though. Yeah. So I don't think there's as much of a concern over his size as what there was in the lead up to the draft and after the draft. Yeah. I think he's not going to be used a lot, but in the packages that they'll have for him, I think he can do really well. And it's going to be interesting to see how they use him because obviously Tony Pollard's RB1 there. you got Malik Davis, who at this stage is going to be RB2. Oh, RB2, though, it's wide open. Exactly. So yeah. unless there's a bit of talk that Zeke will end up coming back, who knows what will yeah. happen there. But behind Pollard, and he's not going to be – like they can't give him 250-plus carries, I don't think. Yeah. So there's going to be opportunities for Juice Vaughn, Malik Davis, to share that RB2 role and still carve out a decent amount of carries in that offense and use him in different ways. So and anyone I'm just who's excited to see there, how they're going to use him. Anyone who's a doubter out there on Juice Vaughn, this guy had – 1,936 scrimmage yards last year in college football. That led everybody, everybody in the entire college football, all, all 133 teams. He had the most yards from scrimmage. And I know what you're thinking, like, at that size, you kind of need to be something. I don't care if he's Tavon Austin or Tavon Austin Light or whatever. Like, he will find, I think he will find a place potentially this season, but I'm excited to watch him this preseason because they're going to give him so much run. Yeah, uh, exactly. I talked about this previously. The Cowboys, they don't, Mike McCarthy, they don't play their starters. This is where we uh, we get the chance to see these guys. And I think Deuce Vaughn is going to absolutely light it up. First game Dallas has got is against Jacksonville at their home ground. Jacksonville is playing their starters. So I think we're going to see a fair bit of Deuce Vaughn here. And I want to see him in the pass catching game as well. But I think the Cowboys have got to be kept mindful of how much they use Pollard in the preseason as well. Oh, they won't use him at all. I don't he, no, I don't think they should either because he's going to need that load during the season. So, yeah, yeah, there's definitely opportunities there to make a name for himself, little Juice Vaughn. 
And one of, one of the advantages of being five foot five is they say when you're a quarterback, they don't like short quarterbacks because they can't see over the line. But when you're a five foot five mm-hmm. running back, the defenders can't see over the line because they can't find him. So, yeah. but no, I, I think, I mean, when his competition is Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle, there's, um, there's, there's plenty of opportunities there. I don't see the Cowboys signing another running back unless during this preseason, maybe Davis or Dowdell or, you know, they, they get injured or if you see, but even then I'm not sure if they would go after someone like a yeah. Zeke and bring him back in. I think that's done and dusted now. They're, they're the team that would sort of be more like a Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette type of place before they'd go for someone like a Zeke if if they needed to sign someone after the, or during the preseason. For sure. Now, let's. Um, I've got one more take. Let's go sort of a bit more spitfire around here for the last couple that we've got. Actually, I had two. I had a quick one on Demario Douglas and Keyshawn Boutte on the Patriots. I'm interested to watch them all preseason long. I want to see who wins out. Keyshawn Boutte is not. He didn't get the draft capital that you would have thought from coming out of LSU. He has not had the best training camp whereas Demario Douglas has but Demario Douglas is a much smaller guy so I want to see what happens I'd love for both of these guys to be starting wide receivers on the page he started to have a few uh splash plays the last week or so but I don't know whether it's enough like yeah there was my a only lot concern of is here. like like Bill Belichick think about like last preseason Christian Wilkinson was just like tearing it up in week one think not week two, but week three as well. And I was like, wow, okay, this the guy has really emerged as a Patriots wide receiver. And then we just never saw him in, in the regular season. Yeah. I'm worried no, that th- happened. My yeah. actual take though is Marvin Mims. Like Sean Payton's just got this, I don't give a fuck about anything kind of attitude. Who's to say that Sean Payton doesn't just go, Marvin Mims is my guy. I don't care about Cortland Sutton. I don't care about Jerry Judy. I don't care about anyone else, Tim Patrick. Unfortunately, he has mi- he's going to miss another season. We might not yeah. ever see him again. KJ Hamler, we're not sure what's happening there. Who's to say he just goes, Marvin Mims is my guy. We're going to see him against the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow. I think, that, oh, today when you listen to this, watch out for Marvin Mims. I think we might see him a little bit. I think so too, because when you've only got limited draft capital as it is, and your first pick in this draft under the Sean Payton era is trading up to get Marvin Mims. He is becoming yeah. your wide receiver one. I think that's how they're gonna they're gonna uh, you know push this sort of thing. He's gonna become the wide receiver one. You'll see Jerry, uh, Jerry Judy probably number two, yeah. Portland Sutton as the third probably wide receiver if you're going um, uh, pecking order. But yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I think Marvin Mims is going to be the end up at the end of the season as the wide receiver one for the Broncos because he is Sean Payton's guy. That's it. Yeah. If Russ, if sorry, just just real quick, yeah. if Russ to Mims doesn't work out, do you think Sean Payton's honestly going to go? Oh, that well, that was because of Marvin Mims. No, he's because of Russell Wilson. Let's mm. get someone else to who can throw him the ball. And I yeah. think Cortland Sutton's time at Denver is very close to being done. And yep. I think he'll be a name to watch come the trade deadline for this year. Yeah, I could one not hundred percent, but ninety percent chance of Cortland Sutton being traded at the trade deadline, I think, especially if Marvin Mims comes out in those first six weeks and shows the talent that he's got, they could sit there and go, okay, Judy and Mims are our guys. What can we get for Cortland Sutton? The issue obviously with Tim Patrick being injured yeah, probably changes that because I'll need Cortland Sutton, but who's to say someone else doesn't step up either, but. Who's to say even Jerry Judy's safe? I wonder other than, other than his cap hit, which is not much. I think that's the biggest thing he's got going for him. And he's also a great player, of course. And also, uh, roster cut-down day is going to be interesting in terms of what wide receivers around the league end up as free agents who maybe Sean Payton will bring one or two of those guys in. And you could see a guy, like you said, come trade deadline, um, Sutton being on the trading block there. So, yeah. yeah. All right, nice one. Brad, let's go with your last uh, hot take. My... Sorry. My my last one, I've just got two guys very quickly. Um, Andre Yoshivas. Yep. The Cincinnati Bengals. I reckon he could end up potentially it's it's more so probably for next year, but I reckon he could end up being that filling that Tyler Boyd role come next season. I wouldn't be surprised because they've got to pay Joe Burrow, they've got to pay T. Higgins if they want to keep him. I wouldn't be surprised to see if Tyler Boyd ends up out of Cincinnati after the end of this year. And the other one would be Tyler Scott in Chicago to end up 
in the trio of wide receivers with DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney and see Chase Claypool get relegated to wide receiver four. Yeah, I like that. My only thing about uh, Andre Yosevich is he also has to compete against Charlie Jones, who I quite like Charlie Jones. I just think that Yosevich has probably the upper hand because Charlie Jones has only just come back into training as of this week. Yeah. Gone, okay. he's, been in- he's been injured, so he sort of started off on the back foot. So I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, uh, Yoshivas is uh ends up uh in the uh, higher in the pecking order and he is having a pretty decent camp from what they've what I've seen on some of the reports so far. He's he's not been outstanding, but he's doing a lot of things really well. Yeah, that's interesting because they really just wants with... to hear Chris Collinsworth pronounce his name, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the guy who I can't pronounce. <laughs> they've got uh the Packers coming to them uh on the same day as well, so. Zach Taylor does not like to, he definitely comes from the Sean McVay uh, school of thought because he doesn't like to win uh, too many preseason games. And he also doesn't like to start his starters. So Trevor Simeon will be throwing. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That's good. To, a nice one. Uh, Dan, take us away. Bring us home. All right. Lucas Van Ness will be the defensive rookie of the year. Ooh. He is an absolute <laughs> monster. And the minute Rashan Gary comes back opposite him, it's going to be awfully difficult to stop those two together. Yeah. So, yeah, Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Lucas Van Ness. So, John, that just shows that the Yeti clearly hasn't listened to our episode of my show from yesterday then, hasn't he? Well, I have you, not yet you, because you, I didn't you. want to come on here and be pissed off at you two. So. <laughs> you specifically called out Luke Van Ness yesterday um, that you liked the pick and that you thought he was good in that position. So I think that that's it does align nicely, even though the overall vibe of Wait, Brad said he likes Lucas Van Ness. I, I said <laughs> you like the pick or something. Today. I, I said that I, I think he was. I mean, I, I think they could have used other people in that thing, but my my thing that. Um, and you'll actually have to go and listen to this, Dan, was that every single year everyone talks about how good that Packers defense is going to be and it just never lives up to the hype. So that was my that was my thing, <laughs> saying that they've got all this talent there. They do have all this talent there with Rashan Garrett, with Van Ness, with Jair Alexander and everything, but they just they can never all string it together all at the same time so that everyone on the defense is playing well. Yeah, my uh, I feel like I need to have a home pick now as well. Just a, a quick one, but mine was mine was always going to be Kenny McIntosh is going to be an actual good running back because he was at Georgia. But since the uh, starters Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet haven't been playing too much, I think everyone knows it now. So I, it's kind of cooled on that hot take a little bit. <laughs> But uh, I think that that's it, man. I'm so excited to watch preseason. I'm so like football is back now. I'm almost at the point where I like I'm exhausted to the point where that week between the end of preseason, the start of football, I think I might just like take it off and just like not think about football at all. And then just come back firing into the season. Hundred bucks, you hundred percent don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. gonna that's gonna last all of ten minutes, and then John's gonna be like, "Oh wait, cut down." If now, if this, uh... <laughs> hey guys, do you want to have a chat about this? Yeah, mate, we will. Yeah, <laughs> I've already been planning that show as well. Isn't that funny? Okay, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter X at uh, John Lloyd Roberts. You can follow Brad at Brad Ball One. You can follow Dan at Beard underscore eighty two. And don't forget to follow the NFL Lab Network. And if you're watching this, please like and subscribe because that really, really helps. We've had some great reception from all the shows we've been doing. We will be back next week for the Saturday Air Raid. We're going to be talking about how it's all been shaking out, what we saw in preseason week one, what stood out, what didn't. I think we've got our finger on the pulse and it's really good for now. Until then, enjoy your weekend ahead. Enjoy football. We don't have to speculate anymore. I'm very excited it's about coming. that. It's time. Let's go. We'll catch you next week.